You're listening to The Peace Corner with a group of young, peace-hungry interns at GPAC, the global partnership for the prevention of armed conflict. In a world riddled with violent conflict, peace can feel elusive and peace-building can sound abstract. We want to change that with The Peace Corner. Who are the people breaking away from the discourses of hate and violence and transforming the status quo? What personally drives these people to peace-building? There are many stories of peace, some which inspire us, fill us with hope, and others which make us hungry for change. Each podcast, we talk to a different peace builder about their own personal experience in the field, from Nicaragua to Palestine and beyond. This is a chance to hear from the people putting themselves on the line for peace, the people who remain steadfast in their pursuit of more peaceful societies, and who incidentally are delightful to talk to. So nestle into a corner and listen to the voices making peace possible. Today, your host is Joe. Hola, goedemorgen. I was born into a migrant family, one full of ambitious geographic weavers. A thread weaves through central Mexico, north to Texas and west to California, while another wraps itself around Havana and Miami before looping north towards Washington, D.C. and New York. Down south, the cousin is threading through Colombia while his cousins are busy adding to the patchwork in Costa Rica. All the while in Nicaragua, the yarn wheel is spinning furiously as all the cousins tag at it from all directions. I somehow ended up in the Netherlands with a ball of yarn. It's my turn to take my end of the colorful patchwork geographic quill and add some Nicaraguan Dutch fusion. That's the thing about us cousins. We span multiple nationalities and customs, but we all still feel distinctly Nicaraguan. Our families have emigrated through the devastating civil wars, perpetual economic slumps, and destructive hurricanes, but nothing has managed to tear down the threats holding us together. This Nicaraguan audacity to stay connected is why our guest Charlie Guadamus is here with us today. He is an activist in exile, trying to build a civil society network of Nicaraguans and other supporting actors throughout Europe. He believes that this strong support abroad will help those still in Nicaragua try to fight a repressive government. In today's episode of the Peace Corner, Chale will tell us about the situation in Nicaragua and why it's so important to him and to the rest of us to create a patchwork for peace. Welcome, Chale. Um, thanks a lot for coming. Um, it's, it's great to see you here today. And it's great that, you know, you're willing to share your story and you're willing to take these proactive measures. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of get the ball rolling, uh, could, you, could you introduce yourself? Yes, um, thank you for having me here. Um, it's awesome what um, GPAC is doing for, for the situation in Nicaragua right now. I am a human rights defender and I'm here in the Netherlands as part of an effort that the Nicaraguan population is doing um, to try to deal with the political crisis that we right now have at the moment in the country. Um, this is um, a political crisis that started in April 18, mm -hmm. and from that point on, it has been escalating into something that has become yeah. right now also like an international crisis um, because of the situation. We have um, a lot of people that have had to exile. So let's 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 start into the situation itself mm -hmm. then. Um, so okay, so. We had the student protest. The trigger was that yeah. they cut the social security program. Yes. Um, but obviously it's not just the trigger. So 
what happened there? Yes, over the past um, over the past decade, the country has been led by by the Sandinista Party and specifically by the President Daniel Ortega. And over that period of time, we have had a repressive government that, up to some extent, um, has managed to 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 keep the country in a in a in a good economical position. But from April 18 up to this moment, um, the students decided to start protesting because of how the social security was being managed. And at that moment, the government started using lethal repressive force on the students. And from that moment on, it has been escalating up to the situation that we have at this moment in Nicaragua. Um, right now, most of the country has come into a state of military um, occupation. And we are trying to, in a way, deal with this uh, situation that we have in Nicaragua by, by trying to connect with the international community, asking for, for help, and also trying to use the structures and the institutions and the tools that we have developed to deal with armed, with violent conflicts like the one that we right now have in Nicaragua. Yeah. Great. And um, let's, de- let's delve a little bit more um, into the context. I don't want to bug us down with the history of everything. But if I understand it correctly, it's, you know, um, it's, it's a whole series of grievances that have happened over a long period of time. And at one point... Like that trigger, the social security was the thing that blew the lid off, yes. right? So, and then everything poured out, like all the protesting, all the grievances, mm-hmm. and it's only gotten worse because the the Ortega administration decided to crack down on it, like in an inhuman level. I think for us, in a, in my personal case, the the biggest grievances that I have right now is that we used to have a very laid-back and relaxed and safe country. And and we used to focus a lot on coming together as a society and trying to work together um, towards having a more stable country. Um, it's a very community-based society in a way. And right now that is all gone because um, when the protests started and the government started cracking um, down on them, uh, all this, all this, a lot of students and young people had to leave the country uh, in the fear of being incarcerated because of opposing the government. Yeah. So the country as we know it um, no longer exists. Everything has, the, the economy has gone down. Tourism, which was one of our main, um, one of our main um, activities, is right now down to zero because most countries have issued warnings to their to their citizens not to go to Nicaragua because of the current situation. So we are a people that that really love our country, really love our roots, and really love our culture. And it it really saddens us to see the like the 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 level that the dictatorship has brought the country pretty much to its yeah. ashes. Can I ask you where were you during the 
process? Were you there from the very beginning? I was in Nicaragua when the project started. Uh, I work as an environmental research. Mm-hmm. And when the project started, along with many other Nicaraguans, we decided to try to aid the students um, that were being injured by the by the repressive forces of the government. So we came together to to bring food and, and, and medical supplies. And everybody sort of like started doing that and it was a momentum that kept on growing. So mm-hmm. at some point most of the capital city was involved in these activities of trying to protect the students from the police that were um, that were yeah. murdering the students. Um, this was something very new to me, as it was very as it was very new for all the Nicaraguans that are right now in in this situation or as a product of of the protests. Um, but it was it was enough for us. We had taken so much. Um, like so much beating from the government and in so many ways, like economically, socially, um, like our voice was was couldn't was not even heard, but it was repressed if we were if our ideas challenged the ideas of the government. And and the reason for that is is because over this past years they have taken over all the economy and corruption has has just reached skyrocketing levels yeah. and in order to try to maintain this this fortune that they have made uh, because through the or, or with the effort of the Nicaraguan population now they're willing to go um, to any extent in order to, to keep control of the country uh, so I didn't used to be a, a human rights defender until five months ago that, that I have, that I started taking part in this uh, and that, that is the reason why I came to The Hague, um, because this is a place that it's being, it's, uh, it's a lot of efforts is being put in, in trying to find peaceful resolutions to conflicts all around the world and trying to develop the tools and the mechanisms for, for us to do it. Yeah, okay, um, let's, let's unpack that a bit. Let's unpack that. Because yeah. um, first it started with... Uh, your, your story that you were involved from the beginning, not as an initial protester because mm-hmm. the protests were started by students, but as part of the community effort, like once seeing the feedback or like not even the feedback, like the actual oppression that the students received, that's what instigated a lot, a lot of Nicaraguans to go and be involved. Yes. Right. And then. um so so what do you think is your feeling about this? Like, do you feel a bit of melancholy? Do you think that, you know, you've you've like lost something that you've had or lost control of something that you've had? Like, I do. That? I do. I it's it's really a terrible situation for for us right now to see so many brothers and sisters scattered around the world because of the of the situation that we're yeah. now having in Nicaragua. Um like I don't feel safe for my parents being in Nicaragua at this moment. Yeah. I don't feel safe for my friends being in Nicaragua at this moment. Um, and and when you have when when you, you you come from a state where you feel entirely safe in the country, not entirely safe, but fairly safe in a country, I would say, to a state where you're you don't know if 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 you will find out that a friend of yours was being put in jail or was being killed 
like the next day. That really changes everything. And, and the country that we had is completely kidnapped at this moment. And, and like, I cannot go back to my country as well as so many other Nicaraguans that have taken part in the protests against the government cannot go back to the, to Nicaragua right now. So an important symbol that, you know, I found and that be, me myself being Nicaraguan, I'm very aware of as well is, is the simple fact that the Nicaraguan flag now can be used for punishment in the sense that, you know, the flag of Daniel Ortega, the FSLN, is flown above the Nicaraguan flag on all official matters. When protesters wear or wave the Nicaraguan flag, they're targeted for protesting. And then at this point, like any association with the flag is now associated with protest. Therefore, having the flag lands you in jail. That's right. Right. So I feel like symbolically, that's yeah, literally, what's happened? The people exactly. have had their country kidnapped mm-hmm. by a person, Ortega, and his administration. That is actually a very good symbology, and that's that's a, that's what's going on. the 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 will of one person, the will of the dictator, and the will of 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 the party that this person controls, because it's not the will of the party mm-hmm. at this point anymore. As a matter of fact. Um, most of the people that are leading the efforts to try to to bring justice to the situation that is going on, a lot of them are from the Sandinista party. But the pre- like President Ortega not only has hijacked the, the country, but also the party itself and has tried to make sure um, that it creates a really distinctive line between being Nicaraguan and being Orteguista, which is like siding with him. Yeah. Um, to the point that being Nicaraguan has become a crime if you're not on his side. So we, we have gotten to a point that the all the symbols and, and all what really represents us as, as a people is now being being penalized and it's now being punished. Um, so our very existence as as Nicaraguans is is illegal in our country at this moment. How many people have left? You think? At this point, um, we have over twenty five thousand Nicaraguans that have left the country in the past four months, mm-hmm. um, and that's a rough number. And it keeps escalating as we speak. Uh, more and more people are leaving the country because staying in the country could potentially mean for them to to end up dead um your friends and family are like are are most of them staying or most of them leaving most of my friends have left the country and 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 the other ones that have not left are just trying to hold on a little bit more to see um if they don't have to leave because obviously like we didn't want to leave we really wanted like our life in, in in nicaragua and this is really something that 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 none of us is 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 really um, happy about. Uh, then there is a lot of people that is has decided to stay in Nicaragua because they need to take care of their properties because they need to take care of like elderly family and things like that. And they understand the danger that they're in, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes because also lack of resources to leave the country and, and, and because the situation of, of, 
of refugee right now is 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 very complicated for Nicaraguans. Yeah. Um, some people have decided to stay, but but more like every day we see more and more people being um, fed up with the situation and and just and just because of their security, just because yeah. staying in the country at some point means that that your life is in danger. So yes. you have no other choice. Yeah, and I also have stories, but because, you know, my family is very spread out already, most of us haven't lived in the country for a very long time. I left when I was nine, before all of this, just because my mom left. Um, but we do have, like, family friends and extended family who are there, and then one of my mom's best friends, um, who's now 60, is on the blacklist, um, mm -hmm. just because she helped the students at one point. She was part of the local government in a small town mm. um, but now she's sent her entire family away but she's decided to stay yeah um, her arguments being that you know she's too old and that or but that's not the real argument because we all know that she's actually the one who is organizing a lot of things mm -hmm. um, so she's decided to make the stand you know but from let's say my perspective it's it's very it's very hard to know exactly to connect um, well, I'm, I'm connected personally to like, but to fully understand personally, because if you're already abroad and it's very hard to understand, you know, it's very hard to imagine the situation on the ground and all the things that are happening, mm -hmm. even for someone who is connected to the issue. So yeah. I find it very difficult for someone who's not Nicaraguan or who hasn't even heard of this at all to mm. um, not feel empathy, but f be aware and have that level of cognitive you know understanding so what do you think like what do you think is the next step because you're here because um you want to raise awareness you want to become an activist and now you want to create a network outside of nicaragua exactly so yeah what what next exactly we we like i i personally believe that that communication cooperation is the key to solve any any problem and uh, one of the main things that that we have pursued to do uh, was to start a dialogue in, in Nicaragua to try to to sort things out yeah um, like I personally believe that dialogue is is the way to go, and that is an opinion that is shared by by most people not only not only people in Nicaragua but also by the international community and also by all the organ the human rights organizations that have taken part so far in 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 the situation and and I think the reason for that is that we 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 truly believe that dialogue can work out we truly believe that with communication we can find peaceful solutions to problems that we have at this moment in the in in the country and obviously for us being in Nicar being outside of Nicaragua is is a byproduct of the situation that is going on, but it is not the first time that Nicaragua receives a helping hand from countries around the world, from the from countries in the European Union. And for the past years, we've had like a bilateral co cooperation that has helped us grow as a country. So it's not something that that is only now that that, that the international community is, is coming to help. As a matter of fact, it's everybody, like um, the different um, countries that have taken an active stand in the situation in, in Nicaragua 
um, have had relationships with Nicaragua for the past decades. And, and we feel that's important. We feel that those relationships are really not only what has made us grown as a country, but also as the possibility that we have right now to really get that, um, that muscle that may turn the tide in a situation like the one that we have in Nicaragua. So because essentially within Nicaragua, it's a bit of a standstill at the moment. So you think <clears throat> that as a last resort, you have to get help abroad and bring it back to Nicaragua. I believe not not only as a last resort, obviously it's it's something that we we tried to fix the situation or to, to settle the situation for the past four months in Nicaragua from the inside. And and we understand as as I understand as Nicaraguan that it's that it's my duty to take part in, in, in this trying to solve the situation. But but I also I also believe that, that we need to start tackling problems together as 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 humanity you know more than more than as dutch people with nicaraguan people or so on um i believe the involvement that that people have regardless of where they come from in the pursuit of creating better conditions for people of in the pursuit of creating um safe conditions for people to be able to to live uh, happy lives without feeling threatened without being afraid that that speaking their mind will mean their death. And and I think that's an issue that it's not an issue of Nicaragua. It's something that we're seeing all around the world. And and when we try to tackle that by ourselves, it becomes really, really hard. Um, because the 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 way the power is structured um, can easily be put into into something what we have right now, which is a dictatorship. And in that case it's 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 hard to find like to rebalance the powers as as they should be and the only way to do that is is really by bringing more people into the balance so that there is more weight on the part of, okay, of so collaboration to put this into like academic terms or like international relation mm-hmm. terms because that's the audience mm-hmm. um y- you want accountability you want to hold the Nicaraguan administration accountable for their actions and that inherently means that other people are looking at it pointing towards it and saying look this is bad there are consequences for this stop essentially exactly and um so do you want to reach governments or do you want to reach like more civil society groups or you know like who do you think is or a combination i mean like right now in the hague who are you trying to capture I mean, at this point, the um, the European Parliament has taken a very definite stand, um, and so have also uh, the governments as well. Like the the governments from the Netherlands uh, blocked the cooperation that they had going on, which is a definite stand in 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 in, in the position that they want to take. Um, but a government is only as strong as as the people that they have yeah. behind them. So for me, it's very important to really share the story with the the everyday person, you know, the person that has their lives. The the not not for everyone to get involved and become an activist and trying to fix the problems that everyone has in the other countries, but 
to support the decisions that that the governments and that the organizations are that are working on this are are do are doing and taking that stand. Um, so, we raising awareness is is part of of informing people of the issues that that we are having, and 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 that we're trying to solve them in um, in a peaceful way. And that these, uh, the governments here in the European Union have taken a stand to push for a peaceful resolution as well. Yeah. And I think it's important that we as citizens understand what our governments are doing and, and at the same time, um, like feel, feel good about, about, about knowing that an effort is being put into trying to help other people and to trying to do it in a, in a peaceful way. Yeah. No, that's I agree completely. Um, yeah, is there a last thing you want to say, or is that? Um, I think for I would really like to say that for us, because all of this started with the youth and the students, and 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 it's it was really the thing that brought all the people together. And it's the reason why I got to get, like, why I took part in this. It's the reason why my parents decided to take part in this as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the strength that, that youth has, that young people have, like, our ability to, to really shape the world is there. It's like we can see it, we can feel it. And I think what I would like to add before closing is that we, as citizens, as humans, as single people, we have a lot more power than what we think. And if we use our actions right, those can have incredible benefits to so many people around the world and for us in Nicaragua as well in particular. Thank you very much. Well, <laughs> thank you for having me here. It was an amazing time. Well, that's it for today's episode of The Peace Corner. Thank you for listening to Voices Making Peace Possible. Tune in next time when our Brazilian intern, Rafael, talks to John Rudy, a professor and peacemaker in residence, to understand more about the grassroots heroines and heroes of peacebuilding.